Okay. Hello, welcome to Fallout Podcast, episode 95, aka Star Wars Vehicle Pulls Up. It's a futile fall showdown, all 525 songs going head to head, an ultimate shakedown. Round two, approximately 256 songs split into two eras, 77 to 93, 94 to 17. Boo, waste of time, you say. Thank you to Annotated Fall, Few Reformation site, now the track record. Oh, brother, Puritans, Church of the Fall, Falling Fires, Fallen Women, and all them what fall tonight. Joined by Pip Billy Willy Rugby, as always. How are you doing, Pippin? Well, I was <clears throat> I, don't know, I was feeling a bit under the weather before, but maybe I'm just a touch sensitive. Oh, brilliant, fantastic. I'll do it, i And Lord Sage Temple, how aren't you? And Pemberton S. Walker, how are you? I am. I'm, I'm me. I don't know why I'm me, but I am. Well, it's a complex biological series of events, but we're glad you made it. <laughs> Tiny Marky Tim Twatwa, is he with us? He is bellowed from the other side. Very good. And I'm Treebeards O'Shaughnessy. And uh, we are joined by guest Leon. I keep saying Leon Jumble, sir, because I like that name. Is that appropriate, Leon, or should I call you something else? No, that's entirely appropriate. I've got the Jumble Cell radio shows on mixed cloud. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's our show. And on Nudes Radio in Bristol, the local nice. station. Let's yeah. do a plug then while while we've been, uh, while you're here. Tell us a bit about the Jumble Cell radio. Ah, it's just a DJ duo, brotherly duo, me and Ben. Uh, Used to play reggae shows locally around Bristol, and we've had a show on uh, Nude Radio, which is on sort of the AB underground music station. Loads of big Bristol artists perform on there. Tara Clerkin Trio, for instance, recently. Nice. So, uh, yeah, really good. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so. It's a, a nice, eclectic mix, and you often post links and stuff up on the Twitter and, and Facebook, I think. So any any yeah. listeners, check them yeah. out. Plug There's, over. Plug done. Hope my, hope my contributions are helpful to you guys. Oh, always. Oh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> delightful to have you on board. Um, I, I think uh, if we could get rid of some of the others, it might help. Uh, <laughs> 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 And Patreon chip-ins from Michael Ian, Max W. Um, so tonight, Hit Priest, if you know that one, up against Second Dark Age. One Day against Touch Sensitive and Crop Dust versus Early Life of Crying Marshall. So, um, no, that's not the one. What are we, episode 90 what? Well, you know, we pride ourselves <laughs> on professionalism. <laughs> if you don't mind, Phil. Ezra's here now, we can say hello. Hello, Ezra, how are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Let's have a listen to Hip Priest of Hex Induction Hour, the best fall song of the best fall album.
Oh, yes, yes. Uh, as is customary, Pippin. Hit priest, what else is there to say? Well, get comfortable, because I've written quite a lot here. I, yes. uh, I went to town <laughs> on this. Because later on, we've got another track, haven't we, called uh, Crop Dust. And in that, last time we did that, we talked a little bit about modes and music and uh, the Phrygian mode that I think that one's in that we'll, we'll touch on a bit later on. So I, I thought I'd try and do the same for this. And so I, I got the guitar out and was list- and was working out some of the, uh, some of the melodies. I also stumbled upon that bit of the Fall website where there is a guitar tab page, which I've never seen before. So I, I feel a new segment coming on. Nice. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that later. This song to me feels so complicated. It feels really rich. There's so much going on in it. <clears throat> I've done a little. I've done a little breakdown of the structure as well because it's it, it's it's just. It does its own thing. It's a very organic kind of piece, isn't it? And one of the things we've been talking about on the live shows, the the, the Patreon shows, is about the development of Hit Priest, isn't it? And some of the different performances that we've heard of that. And this feels live, although I think it's a studio recording, isn't it? But it feels very much like a live performance. And when I got into the actual music itself, it is so simple. It is so simple. It's about four notes, and the majority of the time they're hitting the same note, that A note that they keep going back to. And they are not moving out into any different modes. They're playing a minor key, and that's about it. And it's a real exercise in patience. Mm. It's an exercise in simplicity. I was. We've talked about things in the past, like there's a radio-ed little documentary, isn't there, where they talk about musical plantalism, where they've got lots of different instruments to all play the same note. And it creates the illusion of kind of movement and dynamic in the music. There's a there's a great tune by John of Arc, who I know you're a big fan of, called Punk Kid, where they just repeatedly play the same note on different parts of the guitar and the bass. And it creates this illusion of the music moving, but it's not doing. It's always going back to the same note. And I, I just think this is such a brilliant exercise in doing that kind of musical discipline they, they do it so well nobody overplays the hand um, and then it goes into this huge crescendo where it builds up like a big cabaret sort of climax and it just carries on a crescendo for ages it's not like it's quick and gone it's like in your grill all the way through uh, and I, I just absolutely love it. I think there's, there's so many beautiful little touches in this, and false starts and misdirection, and sort of it's it, there's what it's a wonderful uh, sleight of hand trick. This whole tune, I, I think. Yeah, it's right on the edge of of improvisation, right? It's it, but it, but because it's so minimal, it's not. There's not a lot of improvisation going on, and I, I really like the fact. I think Mez. In fact, all of them punctuate that minimalism in really interesting and creative ways, um, without moving away from that that the main idea. Um, and it did gets the crescendo but it doesn't feel the need to end on the crescendo so he crescendos and then it goes back down into the quiet bit for another minute or two which is yeah which is cool leon what's uh your take on hip priest yeah i i, I like the character of the hip priest that uh but it took over after total i, I suppose as a alter ego uh is a bit pipe piper with a kind of clean dirty shirt on which reminds me a bit, I don't know, if the Riddler had a part in Saturday night, Sunday morning, 
or, or something similar. Nice. Um, other things it reminds me of is The End by The Doors, <laughs> with that but completely unpretentious. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. the grand, yeah, grandiosity of suspense, and is a big showstopper. You know, it can to, it could completely change the pace of a full live show. Um, but like The End by The Doors, it's not maybe one I want to hear the most off of Hex Induction Hour, but, you know, it's an essential piece there. Uh, there's a live recording you can get on Cog Sinister um, on a CD called Live Various Years, where they brought it back in 1997 on the Levitate tour. And you can hear me scream like a girl in the front of the <laughs> audience. Uh, that, that, one's ava- that one's available, readily available. So that's that's uh, quite... I think we'll get that one ready for Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Michael, he cited that. He said... In his message this week, he said there's um he didn't mention your screen, but he, he said um <laughs> he said there's a good they brought it back. I really liked it when they brought it back in ninety-seven. Um yeah. you can you can hear Hit Priest 97 on a live very serious CD. So I, I actually looked for it, but I couldn't find the, the streaming. Um uh, we could have we could have could you just do a screen for us, really? We'll play a bit of Hit Priest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, however, yeah, I mean, what... they didn't play that many old songs in the set, it was all new tunes, so yeah. you know, it was a, very occasionally you heard a hit the north, but that was unusual at the time. They brought back Hit Priest and Lie Dream as well, and yeah, they. I mean, half of the original band group were still there at that time. Yeah, it was right on the edge of, of them all going, right? So it was last gasp. So, one of the things that the annotated fall pointed out is the similarity to um the gil evans song hotel me uh, i think i played a little bit of it last time but i've got the part of the song that really um that really does kind of give it away so <laughs> is still out in it um never stretch that i think could be yeah nice just, tune, just a coincidence Eleven's new kid new kid on the block you know um ezra what do you reckon to hit priest yeah well it's uh it, it's uh what more can i say i think i said it all last time um what i will say this time is um i got into listening to all the live versions i could um on the uh, on my iTunes, I think I had about four or five different live versions, and listening back to all of them from around the time that the uh, the Hex Induction was released, it it it's obvious just how much of like a cornerstone of their gigs it became, and 
they really kind of extemporize on it every time, you know, like, um, and to me, I, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I can really feel uh, the, the can influence in this. Like uh, it, it gets gradually more and more kind of polished and more, you know, as they as they become better and better and more acquainted with uh, with playing it. And it was interesting as well because I was like I was thinking, well, I expect that's probably why he partly why he sacked Riley is because the band were starting to get maybe a little too smooth, you know. Like in its original flush, it's like this kind of anti jazz, which is one of the things that I really like about. That song and that whole period with the fall is like they have this kind of swing and it's yeah you know it, it's like people who never really listen to jazz trying to play jazz by imagining what it sounds like and so it's great but as you listen to version after version you do hear them getting tighter and tighter it's all good to my ears but I'm pretty sure Smith might not have liked uh, like them getting too cozy um so maybe that's why uh part of the why of why he changed them up so much for god's sake don't stay improvising alistair mm. what do we reckon to hit priest you heard this one before no it's new to me this one never heard it um yeah but it, it's, i do like the it's again the two drum uh drummer line up very good uh and yeah it is dead minimal um uh, and drony at times um which gives it that, that kind of spooky quality uh and i think I said last time like when we, we did this one like it, it, like the recording of it has got like a live quality to it it sounds like uh, it could be a live performance uh but i think everybody else has said what can be said about this but i think that <laughs> Well, in the path of Tim, but I'm sure we'll forget him. Um, yeah, maybe that's indicative of something that the second round of this competition, we've kind of run our steam on Hit Priest a little bit, except for Phil, who did an hour on it. But, um, uh, but, but, but maybe it's not the gem. Maybe it's not the cornerstone of the false catalogue that uh, it's perceived to be. We shall see. The, the word the uh, not appreciated line uh, reemerges later on. Yes, gives it some legacy, and uh, the fact that it was used in Silence of the Lambs as well makes it sort sure. like a, a big deal in in that respect. Oh, we're not entering Chumbawamba territory then, though, to uh, <laughs> foreshadow a future joke. Hey, you know what? But it is a reference. Classic, clean, dirty shirt is a reference to Sunday Morning Coming Down by Johnny Cash. But as I played one, I'll refrain from playing another song during this segment. But what's Tim think? Which Cash song is it? Well, it's Chris Christopherson's Sunday Morning Coming Down, but Johnny Cash does the. uh, You you know what? You baited me. Let's listen to it. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. That didn't hurt And the beer I had for breakfast Wasn't bad So I had one more For dessert Then I fumbled in my closet Through my clothes And found my cleanest Dirty shirt Then I washed my face And combed Beautiful um, I think uh, what you mentioned earlier on about the hip priest um, as a character to uh, follow Total is an intriguing idea, but he really didn't flesh out that character at all. And I think in a couple of interviews, he basically said, yeah, it's just a, it's just a thing I did and uh, didn't really 
dig too much further into it, sadly. Yeah, similarly to the Marshall who comes later on in the program, you know, yeah. it's not. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's no total. No total. What's Tim think? So he has screamed into the wilderness. Feel like we only talked about this one a few weeks back, but I'm sure it was longer. The song itself, I like but don't love. The performance, however, is pure magic. The space and the build and release tension is wonderful. I wouldn't be without it. No. I mean, it's a, it's a classic song, and maybe, as the song suggests, don't appreciate it as much as we should. Um, Hit Priest, this is what Michael E says. That was a Richard Medley link, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Hit Priest. Flesh between your sock and trouser. It's great. I really liked it when they revived this one at shows from around 1997, as I'd been watching them live regularly since 1990, and they always played just newer stuff till then. Then Max, it puts the song in the movie, the restraint in the first half builds a great tension, and when Mark is saying he's going to make an appearance, you really feel like someone or something was manifested among the whirling guitars. Yeah, it's a, that, that's a beautiful punctuation, that noise. Um, spot on, I mean... But yes, what more? What more can one say? Um, Jesus, Peter, I hope you do better than that in your sermons. Better than what? Using phrases like outmoded sociological concepts. What are you, one of those hip priests? Yeah, I guess I'm fairly hip. You'd have to be if you're working with young people. The Easter Parade, Richard Yates, 1976. Um, another annotated fall lift. Mm -hmm. But it's up against Second Dark Age, one that we literally have only just talked about a few weeks ago. Um, but whatever. Dragnet bonus track, Fiery Jack B-side. Let's have a listen. Fat copper and swimming. Clapper turn a glass house. Indeed, Ezra, second Dark Age. What we got to say about this one? What Dark Age are we on right now? Is it the third or the... At, at the eighth? least, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I thought we'd already voted this out, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, this is real good early fall. I feel like it's let down a bit by the Johnny Rottenisms in uh, the lyrics. I think the chorus is fucking ace. I think the lyrics are boss. I'm pretty sure I said all that before, so... I haven't thought of anything you to say. I'm very sorry. We have a rule oh, that we're not Mark. allowed to talk about the last time that uh, we voted on anything. <laughs> so I'm assuming that you've never voted on it at all before and you just have nothing to say about this song. But um, that's OK, because <laughs> I have I have lots. I'll read you the lyrics, Ezra, and you can definitely you'll definitely have something to say after that. Fat conference okay. women. Fat conference women clap return of the glass house and the Arabs have it made. Oil is women in veils, eyes glazed, second arcades, death of the USA, return of the family and pursuit of cabbages. No sun on Sunday or any day, the city is dead. 
I could join a prayer peace group spy in Norway. Hi, I am Benny. <laughs> There's a selected set of lyrics. I'll let you I'll let you gather your thoughts while Leon tells us what he thinks of Second Arcage. What do you make of it, Leon? It's a great early tune. Uh I checked I was looking at the annotated fall. And there seems to be loads and loads of references to current news events in this tune. Uh, and it is, it's just great. The punk, I like the punky delivery, particularly the mediocre anti-Jew. That's, uh, that's in, uh, you know, really well delivered and pretty relevant to any era, really. Um, and there's, a, I'm, not, I'm not a musician. But I, I guess it seems like quite a tricky arrangement, quite a pacey, intricate arrangement. A lot of live versions, they seem to tie themselves in knots, trying to play it in the, you know, the timing falls off quite a few times. So it wasn't brought out live a huge amount, I don't think. But um, yeah, it's a great, great, great classic early for B-side. Good stuff. Yeah, it, it, in many ways, this is the Hit Priest is this huge monolith in their catalogue. This I have a real soft spot for it that's grown on me. It's not a song I knew uh, very well before, but it's come up multiple times in, in this uh, show now. And I guess this time round with the lyrics, I got, you could credit that Smith had, take, had written this very dense, oblique set of lyrics about politics in the early 80s. But you could also literally just have written down what you saw on the news that evening. He could, so, and that's that's kind of I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that he starts off essentially and goes through two or three different news items, and then switches over the top of the pops, where it's suggested that madness is playing, and then he talks about ABBA. It's like. Has he literally just written like watched TV for like three quarters of an hour and written down the best things he can think of? And then he's like, This is this is like a, a new dark age going on here. Oh, I got an idea for a song. Um musically, yeah, wonky, and they really underplay it, that dragnet production, that really grimy, dirty production. And the click on the drums makes it sound like a drum machine almost. Like it does um not quite, but it there there's a there's a click going all the way through it that gives it this kind of mechanical feel. I really, really like it. I think it's uh I, I wish I kind of wish and don't wish that they'd done something bigger with it and made it into the kind of monster it could have been. But um, I think it's kind of funny and it's irony that it's a tiny little two-minute track ushering in the 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 next dark age. But uh, Pip, what do you reckon? Well, I, re I remember first hearing this song and writing it off a little bit because it wasn't the type of stuff that I liked very much. It's 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 a bit too... Riley, the music for me to sort of to, to instantly warm to, but the more time that I've spent with it, it's uh, it's it's almost like a Mickey Mouse flick knife, isn't it? It's got it's got a lot of power and danger inside it, but it, it sounds quite trivial and poppy, and it's it's only like two minutes long or something, isn't it? As a tune, so there's there's a lot packed into it. Um, one of the things that I was I was thinking about is how there's a lot of similarities between this and Hip Priest, weirdly. So in, in Hip Priest, a lot of the music is chimey, so it's ringing out like a sort of, like how you would approach to writing bell music, kind of thing. <clears throat> and you've got something similar going on in the chorus for this, but it's like a peal of bell 
like that. It's like that kind of mm. run that's going down. So it did strike me that there's quite a lot of similarities into how they're approaching the music. It's just like opposite ends of the poles that playing around with. Um, and it's still a fall tune. It's still a quintessential fall tune. It's it's like they they've got these ideas. It's it's the it's like that thing about doing doing much but not doing many things. So they've they've got these root ideas and they just do experiment all the way along the axis on it to to see what they can get out of it. And I, I, yeah, I I'm tempted to give him the benefit of the doubt on the lyrics because he could quite easily have been sat there for half an hour jotting down whatever the headlines were or, or telly surfing or whatever. But um, they're so intricately woven into each other, aren't they? It's like, you know, it's 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 like some of the silliness that you put together that people might write off. But, you know, the more time you spend with it, it's, it's there's a lot within it, isn't there? Well, I'd like to think so. But um, the... Um... I, I give it the benefit that it's not a first draft. So you could still have written down what you saw and taken from the news, but but Oh, I wanted to say something and something else as well to remind myself. The in the second chorus, so in the first chorus, the backing vocalist just going second dark and second mm. dark edge. He's singing something different in the second chorus. Right. And it sounded to me like he was singing um check free food. Yeah. And I didn't see anything on Annotated Fall about it, but there's a line later on in the lyric, isn't there, about Czechoslovakia or something and food. So I, I just thought I'd mention that just because I didn't see anything on the Annotated Fall and it's, uh, I kind of feel like we need to give a bit back as well as <laughs> take him from. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean... Um... Is it a bit like, it's a bit like Bob Dylan's Murder Most Foul, but uh, 18 minutes shorter, isn't it? <laughs> gets gets to the point a little more than Dylan, and uh... like the bit in the song where someone swims to Dylan in the early sixties and says it says it's the new age of the Antichrist. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the most merciful thing in the world is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents, etc., etc. Um, Michael E says it's a kind of throwaway brilliance. I am always happy to hear while Max said the lyrics feel like automatic writing, perhaps Mark channeling RT17 during a seance, genuine of mystery and unsettling atmos. Uh, I concur. Alistair, what do you make of the second dark age? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think the uh, the throwaway classic uh, line there was, was pretty pretty good because it does sound like a bit of a kind of like throwaway song, like, but. There is more to it. I agree with you as well, Brendan. I think it could have been better. Uh, I think it's a bit ploddy because it's like mid pace It could have done with a bit of a speed or at least, a, you know, like a fast slow bit in it or something like that. Um, and production could have been a little bit better. But essentially, it's, it's a simple song that works really well. And you mentioned the thing about um, putting the TV on and, and just writing the lyrics. I picked up on Cracker Jack from that with the uh, In Pursuit of Cabbages, you know, the bit at the end where they used to win the prize. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, was you that to, one you, had hold... you had to hold them all, right? That and stand on. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was brilliant, that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Like, uh, like where they just keep piling toys on top of you. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, just get quite the wrong. It's, it's a cabbage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I could crush a grape. <laughs> Jump on a doll's house. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good one, isn't it? It's not a bad one. Is there anything I... else to chip in on the, on the second Dark Age? Um, yeah, no, not really. I think uh, I really like the Peel of Bells thing that Pip came up with. I completely agree with that. 
like for me it's the chorus that completely holds the song together like uh the verses just kind of chunder along like uh any other fall track but you get this really nice kind of chorus which just the anticipation of it just really drives the song for me i think as well it's it's the combination Um, of the the, uh the toms with the sort of like chiming guitar on the chorus bit that really works because the rest of it's Mm -hmm. just like i have I agree with that because it's it's there's I think what you were saying about the drums before Brendan it's the, it's the, the very kind of tinny rebelly sort of almost like trap drums aren't they for the verse the the actual the the drums stood out to me that it was almost like showcasing each part of the drum kit throughout the song the toms the clicks were there on the chorus and then the toms uh, on the verse and the the toms coming on the bass and um <laughs> let me try that again <laughs> the, the 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 clicks there on the verse and the toms coming on the chorus um I, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, has Tim told us what he thinks? He hasn't, has he? <laughs> no, but he's got some questions. Uh, he says, decent tracks and nice twists and turns in the sound, especially the lead guitar line that weaves around the chorus. I'm always puzzled by the line, mediocre anti-Duke. What does it mean? Who is or what are? It doesn't have half the magic of Hip Priest, though. So in the bin it goes. Nah, yeah, I don't know. Um, annotated fall do... Uh, does have a comment on it, but I'm not sure uh, what uh, what it says. There was so much in there, so much in there about glass houses and Eiffelser and all that. Basically, um, short, sharp shocks. The Daily Mail praised them. Austral sentences were indeterminate. Youths probably released when deemed reformed. Um, let's take a vote, shall we? Whether or not we think Hip Priest is worthy of another stab. Um, Michael E has gone with Second Dark Age. Which way are you going, Philip? Bastard, I know you're going to come to me first. Um, I am really torn on this. I am really, really torn on this. But I think, I think I'm going to go with Second Dark Age. Okay. Because I think it's, 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 uh, it's, it's got some quirk to it that I really like. And Hit Priest is, is clever and smart, but it, it doesn't have that quirk about it. So. I don't know. Just doesn't seem fun. I get it, but it feels like there's something wrong. Not voting second dark age through over hip priest. I don't think I can allow myself to do it. So I'm going with hip priest, mm. as has Max, and I am inferring from Stuart that he has gone also with. Uh, yeah, I think hip so. priest. Um, Leon, which way are you going? Uh, hip priest. Yeah, it's just much more developed as a, as a track than second dark age. More yeah. to it. Key yeah. track. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ezra. Yep, hip priest for me. Hi, and Alistair. I'll go for a bit of shit out, shall we, and uh, go for second dark edge. Fair enough. Waste your vote. Why not? Five yeah. against three. And up next, we have one day the low light of cerebral caustic that somehow managed to eke through into the second round.
Well, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed listening to that minute of one day there. But um, Alistair, what do you make of this? Well, I don't mind it, uh, despite, uh, despite it being off uh, cerebral cortex. Um, yeah, it's a nice intensity to it, uh, plenty of energy. Um, similar to sort of like the kind of energy in Pay Your Rights, that kind of thing with the intensity. Um, some funny backing vocals, nice distorted MES vocal as well. The last two seconds of it, fucking brilliant. That's the best bit of the song. Play best, that again. <laughs> best bit. But it's a decent effort. Uh, no doubt it was brilliant live. Um and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all about some extreme irresponsibility. This one, isn't it? Losing a man, how do you lose a full man? That's just ridiculous. We'll never know. But um, if anyone's going to do it, Smith is the person. Uh, I just put generic low mixed guitars. There's not really anything to the tune, and the only thing I like about it is the distortion on Smith's vocal. That kind of is the only thing that um, that kept me sticking around. Except for the drama corporation of, of co-op theatre skirting from a course bother boots on vacuum breath equals. We never close, transparent or not, you'll never see my like again. All reduced to cost price, manual for deceit, indiscriminate takeout. What about Ezra though? Does he have time for this? I like the line vacuum breath equals. Um, yeah, this is another one where I'm kind of like, how, how did this get through? It seems like there's one every episode where I'm just like, what on earth could this have been up against? Ezra, Ezra, because... have a look at the room. Have a look at the people. <laughs> <laughs> and then ask yourself the same question. <laughs> yeah, I should get that tattooed onto the back of my hand. Look at the other people. <laughs> <laughs> It beat on my own, which actually is the kind of housey one, isn't it? Off um, uh, Levitate, Levitate uh, isn't it? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's off Marshall Suite, right? It's the kind of housier one, but uh, like with no drums. It's like <laughs> just house pianos instead yeah. of singing, I think, right? Which I, I know believe... which one I brought it for in that case. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's these losers, yeah. clowns, people, these gentlemen. You losers. <laughs> No, I should, shouldn't right. say that. That's, that's not a nice thing to say, is it, Ezra? I, I take that back. They listen to rock and roll. It's all about insults. That's that's all it is. It's just insults. Not balls. <laughs> I fear we digress. Give us your give us the skinny. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> okay, um, Leon, what do you make to one day? Um, I've never really been keen on this tune. It's right in the slump of the second half of Cerebral Colstick. Not, uh, I'm not a fan of Bonkers in Phoenix either, so yeah, it sort of prepares the way for this. And when you played it then on YouTube or through my phone, it sounded like it was playing from a like like a transistor radio from 1935 or something, which I quite like that. So, <laughs> so maybe that's the perfect way to listen to Cerebral Caustic, I think, through, through your mobile phone turned up full. Um the lyrics, I'm not sure sure about. Um, like one day you'll wake up to find you've lost a good man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't fully buy that. Do you think? Do you think bricks <laughs> on her comeback to the fall was like? I, I think I missed a missed an opportunity here. You know. Exactly. <laughs> from from her yeah. autobiography, it doesn't suggest she felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cerebral caustic, I will defend aphid, uh, rainmaker, pine leaves at the end. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're, so there is some really cracking stuff in there. But this one, uh, yeah, I could do I could do about it really. It doesn't yeah. do a lot for me. 
Yeah, um, Michael Lee, I don't rate this as anything special. And Max, always love a bigger bit of megaphone and the locomotive rhythm never lets up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a bit of energy and it's got the distortion, but um, that don't make a tune. Philip? Well, I think you're being very mean to this, true. Thank you very much. I think it's. I I I was actually saying to uh, to Ezra, who's being very polite to me, promised that be recording today. But I, I think this benefited from uh, from me having heard it before, because when it came back on, it was like, oh yeah, I have this, and the, the the hook's pretty straightforward, and it's you know, I I think the problem with this it suffers from being a fall tune. I think if another band brought this out, every one of us would go, yeah, it's all right. That's all right, the tune. But That's because it's a fall, <laughs> it's like, it's, whoa, no, this is nowhere near up to scratch at all. So <laughs> I think it's a competition, it, mate. At the end of the day, it's a competition. Well, that's very true, but you know, I think we 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 need some balance, don't we? As well as the shit hosiery. So well, I think it's been. I think it it's it it rewards. It gets rewarded by a few listens. This it does. I think it also suffers a little bit from being a bit nineties. There was quite a lot of tunes like this that came out in the nineties, weren't there? With that very frantic guitar playing and a sort of more casual melody on the top of it. So I, I think it's it's perhaps a bit too close to our childhoods, perhaps to uh, to get a, a first um, reckoning on the record. But I don't think it's magic. I think it's just quite a nice pop tune. Entitled to your opinion, sadly. What about Tim? What's he think? Well, let's see. I'm sure he's going to back me up all the way here. <laughs> okay, garage track. Nothing I ever feel used to play, but it has a pleasant enough chug to it. A chug. He's got a bit of a chug. I tell you, who likes a good... He's got a chug. Who doesn't I... like a chug? Well, I tell you, a man who does like a good chug, Alistair Aspinall. Hey, but do you know what? If you were to ask me who, in my opinion, was uh, was the most into the chug, I would probably say uh, Stu. But yeah. Alistair would come a close second. Unfortunately, it looks like he's gone for a shit. So um, let's uh, let's move on. Has anybody, has anybody not given their opinion on this terrible song? I think he'd already said, actually, hadn't he? I don't know. Just, had, just put the next one. On. Let me play this one if you if you don't mind. He's here, no, he's here. You're too late. <laughs> I'm just going to play the next song. What what is it? Touch sensitive? Is it called? Oh, hold on. Is is that? Is that it? Is that the one? That's the Chumbly Wumblies. Oh, I always get mixed up with them too. What does Alistair Aspinall think of Touch Sensitive, Marshall Sweet? Hey, hey. Uh, it's got funny lyrics. It's about having a piss in it. 
It's um, all about having piss, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, but like, which funnily enough, it's just what I've been doing because I didn't put a pad on this morning, so I went to the toilet before. Um, right. But yeah, hey, Stompy Beat, Tambourines, you know, um, it was on that four Tipex advert, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, it was a, a good recording though. It's like cracking uh, production on it. There was quite a funny version of this done by uh, Dan Morfitt and Matt Warwick from uh, WFMU, like uh, a live version of it. It's just really bad. <laughs> he played it anywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big hit of this one, isn't it? Really, like big pop tune. It's a big hitter. And last time around, uh, I played the live version when they were on the, the Channel 5 News or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Smith and uh, Julia and a couple of other people like just barely holding it together, and still it sounds brilliant. It's um, it is a, a nice, simple riff, great chant. They've protooled Mark so he makes sense. Drums and stabs. It's a party disco anthem. You know, he drinks a lager drink, he drinks a cider drink. What is it not not to, to like? If the cars are on the street, if you smile, you're a creep. If you don't say it's cold, very cold, you are drunk or too old. Living in the pawn shop lately, I say, hey, 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 touch sensitive. I'm living in the pawn shop weekly. And Dillia's, what don't want a little kip. Leon, what, does this uh, do it for you? Yeah, brilliant. I, I, I love the whole sound of the Marshall Suite as an album. Even when there's, there's that real clear, crisp, live production, even when the tracks don't work, they're just sort of simple experiments. Everything sounds kind of refurbished and fr- freshened up from the previous full incarnation at that time. Um, it's just a big glam pop banger. Um, when it, you know, it's a big sort of comeback after things had pretty much disintegrated in the band. Um, when I, I was at Supersonic Festival in Birmingham in the summer, and saw set by Fliss Kitson uh, from the Nightingales, and she played it there at a BJ set, and that sounded amazing. That was that was really good in the in, in the club there. Um, don't really, I mean, it's really funny. I don't really l- listen to the words on this. I don't know what the words are. I just, I know I'm not sure if they matter at all. I know it's just a banging delivery. I know he says a few things. I know he says the word taxi. I know he says the word meek in it, and yeah. Something what sounds a bit like presumptory and presumption scabal. So that's all. I, I love all that. Yeah, it's an experience, isn't it? So Michael Lee says, before this came out, I thought the fall were finished. I, I think that is a big that that's what makes this song as well special for a lot of fall fans that we you know, if you were in the game at that time, you basically did think it was done for. And uh, then out of nowhere. They're suddenly on Channel 5 News and Vauxhall Astra adverts um, and MTV2 and VH1. Before this came out, I thought the fall might well be finished. I was at the two Dingwall shows in 98, which were almost karaoke fall and meds seemed in a bad way. Then this comes out and possibly the most accessible and catchy thing they've done in years. And it wasn't a sellout in any way. I get knocked down and I get up again. Friends of mine heard it on the radio and told me they like it, which had never happened before and probably would never happen again. But it was that one moment where you could say, here's a fall song, friend. And they'd be like, oh, that's good. What else have they done? <laughs> you, know, you don't need to know. Um, <laughs> what about <laughs> Ezra? What do you think of this? Yeah, this has always been one of my all-time favourites. I think it's a fucking beast. Um, some of my favourite moments 
apart from the great drumming uh, and the great delivery, uh, just the bit where he's like, you're dying for a pee, so you go behind a tree and a Star Wars police vehicle pulls up. I say, get me a taxi. <laughs> I just love that description of a Star Wars police vehicle. This is more <clears throat> the Krug Mill um, because now every every fucking symbol of authoritarian oppression basically looks like it's come out of fucking Star Wars these days anyway. Um, and, you know, the, the version they did for the Peel session, uh, it's an absolute car crash and it sounds like Mark's had like a bottle of whiskey before he got up, but uh, they've got some very different lyrics, which I think are also quite good. Uh, old people worry about their milk, but in the street they call you filth. Houses line up, volume tremors, pass down your barber till your carrot speaks. Stand back and laugh. You are bursting by a tree. You are bursting for a pee. It's a shame he didn't say you were bursting by a tree, because I think that would also added some gravitas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a killer track. Love it. And it's the only fall song that made enough money that people actually went to court over who wrote it. And, and Steve <laughs> Hanley, obviously, like who wrote like <laughs> most of the songs before like 2000 and, and has credit on like 10% of them must have been, um, must have been irked by that. But Adamson and, um, and, and then another chap who, um, I think did the strings were took, uh, were in court with Smith and the judge unsurprisingly said that it was difficult to work out what the words were and um <laughs> they were transcribed as his uh, he, um she agreed that Adams is Smith publisher that Sharples had similar trouble transcribing the word Sharples was the, the guy who was was suing them I guess um he was the producer um and he wrote then the lyrics and, and put them into court as um a <laughs> A police, a Star Wars police vehicle pulls off. Paul, as in P A U L, pulls off. And um, the more um, the judge suggests that it might be the more comprehensible, and a Star Wars police vehicle pulls up. And uh, <laughs> but in the end, they all sorted it. I'm sure they. Reassuring to... to know that our that our tax payers' money is going into these kind of worthwhile cultural and legal debates. Justice is served. Alistair, what do you think? What you've told me. Hey, what does hey. anyone what does Tim think? <laughs> have you told me you have told me, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. It's one of their reformation uh, around this time. And the to, to to watch them, it was like uh seeing a band in rehearsal. They didn't really know how to play any of the songs yet. The whole show was almost like uh practicing the drummer to do the drum beat of F holding money for 20 minutes. Marky Smith apologized during at one point during the show. Uh okay. the band were so new together. And um it, what what was funny is that Smith was uh more engaged probably at that time than he had been in order earlier levitating like user syndrome shows where he could often be, you know, at odds with the band. He really had to keep his eye on the ball then because, you know, everyone was new and it was, you know, we didn't have the old, old, old band to fall back on in the same way. It was, uh, so it was good to see him really engaged in the in the show. 
Yeah, I mean, that because that would have been realistically the first point where Hanley wasn't around at, at all. And then Burns had been in outside, had been in and out. Bricks had gone a couple of years back, Scanlon a year before that. So, yeah, he's totally on his own. It's interesting that that sharpened him a bit. And, uh, and he definitely seems like a chap who, when his back's against the wall and he's got somewhere to prove, he will he will prove it. And um mm. Yeah. What's Tim, Timothy, Tim Twat, what I think of this? Well, he's made reference to the Star Wars vehicle as well. He's put good pop fall, and it makes me laugh whenever I try to imagine what Mez imagined when he sang about a Star Wars police vehicle. Not a favourite, but better than anything of cerebral caustic, that's for certain. Well, he doesn't like the joke, I don't think. I think the joke's great. And there's a few other good scrums on cerebral caustic. But anyway, let's take a vote. For me, I can't conscientiously, consciously. We're all done. We've all expressed our opinions on this song. And let's take a vote. Go on, then, if you must. Well, it's. Uh, I was just saying to, uh, to Ezra before, it's, it's a bit familiarity breeds contempt for me, this. Uh, I. It's a nice tune and it's funny and I get what everybody says and I get what everybody likes it, but I've just heard it a bit too much, I think. It's just been a bit too oversaturated for me. But I guess that's a subjective, you know. I don't want to suck the fun out of the room. Subjectivity, <laughs> eh, mate? That's, we're not here for that. This is a... This is science, but if you could put fresh ears on, Professor so, of Logic. If you could, if you could pull those those big wet slimy cocks out of your ears and maybe put some and um, put some fresh ears on, what 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 new perspectives could you bring to this old family favorite? What do you think of his pink shirt in the video? Well, I really like the video. That's the that's the main plus for me. I thought it's fun seeing him getting his uh, Dicky Ashcroft on and walking down with loads of people behind him. Got his swagger, Annie. Got his yeah. swagger a bit on there. I, I like his he's he's got this strange element to his presence, hasn't he? Which is almost like cocky anxiety at the same time, where he's it kind of like if it, it affects the way that he moves his body, doesn't it? And it's like I've never seen anybody kind of look like that before it on video you know it's like the performance style it's it's really um it's unique and it looks cool as fuck in that video well the nick kent book that i read ages ago he's going in about like presence of uh i think it's keith richards who's saying like he'd walk into a restaurant and everybody just got quiet and he said the only other person that i've seen that with was mark smith right yeah you yeah. can believe that can't you yeah, totally. Indeed. But the time has now come for a vote. Uh, which way are you going, Pip? I am throwing the cap right in the middle of the piece of work for one day. Well, uh, let's see if any of our patrons have gone that way. Um, no, they have not. Um, so two for touch sensitive, and I'm throwing touch sensitive in there as well because one day is absolute garbage. Leon, which way are you going? Touch sensitive. Correct. Sensible choice for a sensible podcast. <laughs> Alistair, what about you? Yeah, it's going to have to be touch sensitive, I'm afraid. Apology accepted. Ezra? Absolutely touch sensitive. Absolutely. And Tim? Timmy, Tim, Tim, Twat, Oh, yes. He's gone uh, all the way, isn't it? Sensitive. Well, it brings us to the last showdown of the evening, which is Crop Dust versus Early Life of Crying Marshall. Let's have a listen um, to this done deal, shall we? 
Mm-hmm. Drinks a lager, drink. The, you know, the thing is that here you go, before you play that one, so um, both Chumbawamba in that song and The Fall do a parody joke version of Don't Cry For Me Argentina. They, in that Chumbawamba one, they say, Don't cry for me, next door neighbor. But what is The Falls? What's Marquis Smith's parody? Tumbleweed. Don't cry for me, Mexico. Oh, yes. yes. What is that, Mikey Mar- Chachis? Right. All right, please proceed. Thanks. The song is, and I'm sure Danny was shouting at the at the radio. It's your heart out. I was sorry, Danny. We're not quite there yet. Ninety five episodes in. Um, however, crop dust. Are you a missing winner? Am I? Am I? What's going on here, Leon? What do you reckon to crop dust? Crop well, dust is an incredible, great tune. Uh, when one of the best from that era. Really, um, I went down a bit of an RUR kind of wormhole, uh, with this one. I've, I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's an essay in the book Extra Cut, it's oh, a yeah. collection of bits and pieces, um, with Mark Sinker, um, which is a kind of a response to Mark Fisher's famous kind of piece on the fall and the links with mysticism, etc., and magic. Um, and the, 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 uh, but the thinker one is good because it kind of finds the mystical and magical throughout the entire full catalogue, whereas Fisher sort of sees it, it tailing off after about 1984. Um, and one of the, it just lists a series of phrases which, you know, were kind of portals, you know, entrances uncovered, I, I suppose. And one of them is RUR, that's the phrase RUR. And I do. I was just full of RUR missing winner as a just you know a kind of shoddy title for for years. And and then you know the more you look at it, I just went just you know. So I think about the phrase RUR quite a lot as being an interesting phrase and missing winner. As there's something in that title for me, which is great. Uh, so this is the highlight of the album with the whole crunchy loop, the kind of claustrophobic sound, or the horror of war imagery. Um, and I think the best version is from the box set of Touch Sensitive, which is like a whole new vocal to the tune. Um, I'll read some of the lyrics from it. Down on the new riverside, sober developers, as the ram hunters down on the fleeing business project, but still not covering up the ominous thunder of the hymn, Holy, 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 chanted by 12-foot-tall World War One German soldiers in green coats and pickle harbour materialised from the rubble. I had just received my second notice of bankruptcy. It was in parts falling on the floor and getting messed up. I tried to read it, but the ring-spattered envelope dissolved 
its myriad changes getting mixed up into scenes discarded by the fleeing executive through crop dust. So that's all improvised verse live. It's Seattle in 2001 in this live version. And I mean, I've been reading that over and over again. So, uh, you know, that's that's one hell of a verse. Uh, incredible, incredible words. Beautiful. So, <laughs> Deep, deep stuff. Phil is our resident esoteric guru. What do you make of all this? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> yeah, that was fascinating. I don't mind reading that article myself, actually. On the, uh, I've, I've not got all that. Um, that's, I'm, very, I'm very interested in Mark Fisher's stuff and his take on the weird and the eerie. I think that's uh, is, a, is a cracking um, selection of uh, essays where he covers the fall in it as well, as we've mentioned. Um, yeah, this is like desert psychedelia, isn't it? I, I love the vibe they get going, and those those lyrics are exceptional. But I, I think the, the lyrics in the recorded version as well, which is it, it is peculiar on this album, isn't it? It's a it's another one of those amazing songs in the middle of early dross <laughs> uh, neighbors on the album. But um, this is. It's a, it's another one of those uh, sort of contradictory songs where in some ways it's quite simple, isn't it? It's a sample and it's it's a riff played over a sample and it's and Mark doing his thing over the top. But taking it from the sort of ground up, it's there's loads of complexity going on in this and it's but it it works like uh, like all the best fall songs. It works on an emotional level rather than an intellectual one, doesn't it? You sort of he puts you in a place and takes you on this. You know, a bit like a, a bit like a, a, a hallucinogenic trip. I've been told where you, you know, you sort of you go on this uh, journey, but you don't actually move anywhere, um, and you're not the same after as well. And it, it it serves the same kind of purpose. It's uh, do I say it's shamanic mess <laughs> for this song, much like uh, that the famous Don in his uh, song. Exactly, home mm-hmm. shanty. It's um. It is me- so. I want to just play the original because, in terms of recontextualizing something, and I think it's Spencer Bertwistle says who made the track. And it's uh, if you contrast it to the Bertwistle's burst with burst with Bertwistle's girl in shop, which is very maximalist and poppy. This is like it's it's really raw. I think at some point there's two samples playing over each other of the same thing. There's slightly <laughs> sinking. It is so raw and it keeps your attention for like six, seven minutes without doing anything. And it's like, it's not a riff, it's a loop. And yet it still keeps your attention. I'll play the Trogtron, which is quite nice, but very, very And and you should play the Brain Ticket song, which it's completely nicked off. All right, I'll play them both. Don't play Trumble. I was tempted. (laughs) I could see that devilish flicker in your eyes. Did I do it? When my luck is down And I can't think of a thing Just go to my bed Lay my hands on my head I open my mouth and I sing Yeah, I just sing
Really nice. And yeah, obviously the riff that comes over is very um, similar to that that uh, kind of Middle Eastern mode, which I'm sure you know what. what is it a Phrygian, Phil? Wow, what a good guess. Um, what, uh, Alistair, what's the brain ticket song? Before you move on from that, Doc, if yeah. I can go to the Trogs, are we gonna, have we done them on Futures and Past yet? We should. They're one of the greatest British groups ever, aren't they? Oh, good, good, good stuff. I'm not sure how much direct influence on the fall, but, um, but a great band. Uh, oh, do we yeah. know? Do, Alistair, sure do you know what it's called, Brain Ticket Song? I think it's the first one on the album that they did. That 71 album? Could be. That's one of the problems with it played live is that they didn't, had the loop, so the guitarist at the time, I think, who was a young chap called Ben Pritchard, yeah. um, used to play it almost in a heavy metal style with kind of peels of guitar coming off the end. Of, and you think Smith would have never let that slide on a studio recording. <laughs> um, you know, it's a, I think it's just all, all his guitar work like that is kind of clipped off on studio recordings, but um, that was sort of one of the features of one of the guitarists at the time, which is a bit odd like, when you can see him live. You got yeah. to be, you see, you got to keep them on a tight leash, guitarists, Leon. Yeah. So you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Indeed. Right, indeed. Yeah. No, no, it's not that one. <laughs> uh, fair enough, whatever, Alistair. If you, if you ever get your shit together, let is us it know. Not the, is it not the second side you're thinking of, Alistair? It could well be. The Put second the side is the, the one long track. A really long one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll Wait, be a little bit Listen, I hope you two are not wasting our listeners' time here. It's mm-hmm. a good job Spotify's got that jump on 15 seconds option. Um, <laughs> you can play it at a faster speed as well, that helps. Yeah, let's have a listen. you got one more chance. Brain ticket part one, is that what we're going for? I'm revoking your license, Alistair. You don't get to choose any more songs. Um, <laughs> what do you think of this song, though, Crop Dust? Yeah, it sounds like Brain Ticket, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a bit. <laughs> no, it's, 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 a, it's a really good tune, this one, though. It's the, oh, the repetitive riff on the guitar, the psyche approach and the, uh, and the vocal delivery. Uh, it does get a bit Tommy Cooperish at times, which is always fun. Um Quite like the pissing around with the production, the kind of like dubby approach, which just like dropping things and raising levels, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and I did pick up on the desert blues thing as well, Phil. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like that. It's like the production on it. You've got the um, uh, you've got the fade out in it, and then the reprise and bits like uh, just like bit being unconventional for the sake of it, but it works. Indeed, brilliant. This is what uh, Mike Lee says. Really good. Agree with him. And uh, Max says this song sounds like it's built up from samples, but unlike the Dave Bush era, it doesn't sound sterile and neutered. Hold on, got a phone call. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah, no, Dave. He, di- he didn't mean it. He's, he's um, no, no. It's okay. We're waiting for your solo album. No, no. Keep don't just finish finish it and put it out. Bye. Love you. Oh dear, Max, come on. Just when we were starting to get the fall members on our side, uh, he continues when they got it right, like this, the fall did elect <laughs> brilliantly. 
that bit where he gargles in the 1990s, though. Max did a brilliant thing this week, actually. I'm going to find it while the rest of you are chatting. Um, but um, what does Ezra think of Prop Dust? Yeah, it's smashing. Um, the desert rock thing I, I get, but to me it's like it, it's vacuum-packed desert rock. Like, there's no there's no air to it at all. There's no not even fucking soil in it. It's a very paranoid piece of music. And I was listening to it over and over and not really uh, checking the lyrics this time or time. Usually had my hands baby. Um, and the things that I was hearing were like stuff like, oh, there's there's a hole in his head. There's like 12 eighths of his brain left. And mm. I started thinking, oh, so I guess this is about JFK then. You know, and that was just based on the lyrics that I could actually hear um a quarter of the brain is left to seed in 25 lines on your mindset infraskunk structure um and yeah and then he gets into like talking about uh shattered by skyscrapers tall and there's just this horribly modernist paranoia uh running through it which is really quite intense um, and I think it's an amazing track. Indeed, absolutely. I think uh, Tim would agree with us. What does he think? Yeah, he's put prime fall nastiness. I love this filthy and blasted out bit of nonsense. The sort, the sort oriental guitar line is sinuous and suggestive, and that repeated sample that just hammers over and over creates a wonderful groove. The lyrics are mystical too. And any song with one of Mezzi's number systems in is a magical thing. Love it. Yeah. The fact that the loop calls attention to itself not changing because most people that do use loops will try and make it sound like it's moving. And this is like, no, this is just like Truman Mao. We love the repetition. <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, the, the line, and I think what you were saying earlier, Leanna, about the R-U-R, um, yeah. I've, I've always loved the that title because that's the kind of shit you do find in like greengrocers windows right where you've like they've had a bingo thing and then somebody's like you know guess the name of the teddy bear and then uh you know are you our missing winner um and if you're from the north it's like nobody knows how to spell our so everything's spelled oh, i'll say it i'll say it in it but Let's have a listen. This is what Max did. We had a bit of a run in me and Max last week over whether or not uh, that fall song, well, I can't remember what it was called, sounded like Step On. And so he, this is what Max thought. Liar. See, he's got a good <laughs> voice as well, Max. Actually, you should do some more singing. Good. But um, I think I won him over to my, to my point of view, which is good. Um, beautiful. Thank you very much, Max. I um, think uh, I think you should share the uh, the meme. Invisible <laughs> Street put together as well before the show. Yes. Um, it is. Is that everyone? I think that's everyone, right? Okay. It's up against... Um, early life of crying Marshall, if you don't mind. We can do that. Let's indulge ourselves and play the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
ton a bit, didn't it? Really, in the end, to be honest. Um, you're uh, Ezra. You're a resident music music concrete uh, aficionado. What do you make of that? Well, it seems like the um, the marshal was crying because spent, he spent a lot of his early life having his plonker twanged. Plonker There's a recurring motif of of twanging going on there. And you know, no nobody likes to get their plonker twanged, do they? Rodney. Um, well, there we'll have to agree to differ. <laughs> Dick jokes yeah, all the, night. The, the second half, the second half of this is that he was obviously in a conservatory, a seminary, or a concert hall, possibly on a stage. That's quite that's the story, doesn't it? That's what it is. Absolutely. Mm. Um, what the thing it does set me to think that whoever did this, and I'm guessing julia adamson but uh, i may be wrong um also will have done the music for horse nearly man and panda panza panza around the same time so it's panda panza that has a little ambient kind of breaks that has a similar vibe to this piece um it's not a fall song but it's not an unpleasant sound collage to listen to it's it's no Is revolution it- number nine is it a, is it a song or is it a skit? Technically, mm-hmm. yes. Neither. It's fun enough to get through to the second round. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to mention that. Um, <laughs> Leon, what do is you it, make of this? One of the things. One of the things that I thought when I was listening to it is uh, Leon mentioned Bonkers in Phoenix. I wondered if this was a little classical thing that somebody put together and Mark had just decided to embellish it slightly about with some BBC Radiophonics <laughs> workshop science. Possibly. A, a passing artist. Uh, he put out Pearl City in round one, which is a, a song arguably considerably worse than one day off cerebral casting. Um, but, but Leon, let us tarry no longer. What do you make of this artistic uh, piece? Yes. Like 51 second track, bit of music concrete in the classical sample. Um, I, I kept listening to it because I thought, well, at least I should make the effort to try and understand what's going on. And uh, I thought at one time, one listen through, I kind of heard MES make a comment about the quality of rented equipment. <laughs> but then, and then I kept listening back to it again. But I never found that again in the in the listening experience. So that was that was interesting. Um, and it comes before the so it's the early life. So this comes before the cry, real life of the crime marshal. So. I guess this represents whatever he kept doing before he kept going off to fashion exhibitions. Um, I don't know, there was some, some studying on the annotated four. I guess this was around 98, 99 when it was recorded. And um, there's an argument on the on, on the annotated four to, about whether MES says 60 or 16 in the tune. And then... Then another co- commenter goes on to list all the every every mention of the numbers six, sixty, and sixteen throughout the fourth um, canon. Um, and there's three times he sings sixty, and six times he sings sixteen. But I won't give them away. You can go on the annotated full website and find out all that information. I wonder because it's around ninety nine it was recorded whether the Marshall was Eminem. Marshall Mathers is possible. This song could could be about the rise of uh, you know hip hop from Detroit. Yes, probably. <laughs> you're probably, probably probably watching Eight Mile while like you wrote it. It's probably something about something like that. I reckon. I think that's the that's as close as we're going to get. Um, 
a little more statistical analysis needed on those sixes. Obviously, 99 yeah. is is two sixes upside down. And as we know, uh, you know, once you've seen two sixes, it's only a matter of time before you see that third. Philip, you're a re- resident, resident demonologist. What do, you, what do you think about this song? Um, yeah, it's done well to get this far. Um, I... I, many years ago, I used to work in a bingo hall, and I used to have to hand over to somebody else doing the bingo calls. And uh, as a as a joke, I once called him an existential sober, and he took it as a, as an insult rather than as the compliment that it was meant as. So I quite like I quite like using existential sober as an insult now. Um, That's but <laughs> but, uh, but it's a palate cleanser, this. Isn't it? That's that's what it is, and it's what it does. It doesn't. It's it's not really a skit because there isn't really a joke going on, unless the joke is silly noises. Jokes on you, mate. Isn't it? So, um, it it as a as a palate cleanser, it's fine, but it's not really doing anything else, is it? It's a bit too trivial. It's a nice little piece, but uh, it's had its time in the sun. Now it's going to go off to the second chance saloon. Um. Anyone else want to throw anything in there, Alistair? Have you told me? Yeah, no, no, it's actually a very short one. I quite like this one. Um, you know, it's quirky, got a bit of character to it, stands out. Don't really do many more like this, do they? So, um, yeah, and it's very short. So it's it's like it's no systematic abuse, is it? Um, no. In the, in terms of of, of the longevity of, of the, the song, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. It does what it does, and I think it does it all right. What brain ticket song does it remind you of? All of them, especially the fact that uh, <laughs> every day for two weeks, your brain will melt. Nice. Um, is that it? Have we asked everyone now about this? This Tiny Timothy Twartois put, lol, what did this knock out? A pleasing little ditty and a well-deserved Benny. Very good. He's called it, hasn't he? But let's do let's do it right. Let's do do everything proper and above board. Are we going for crop dust or the crying marshal? Philip? Uh, crop dust. And me, Leon? Yeah, it's crop dust, please. Aye. Alistair? Aye, crop dust. Okay, Ezra? Aye, crop dust. Aye, crop dust. Aye, caramba. What about <laughs> um, Tim? Tim Twatwa? Uh, and crop dust standard easy one at last says Max and crop dust Michael agrees so it is a route your boys took a hell of a beating Tiny Timothy also puts another week where the winners are obvious (laughs) preempting my disappointing finale to every single show for the rest of this season and probably competition can we not just say Spectre versus Rector wins it and finish right now? <laughs> Leon, thank no, you. because you know we're going to keep on voting for I'm Going to Spain. Um, it's beautiful, son. Love it. Uh, Leon, thank you very much for, for dropping by again. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for asking me back. Uh, yeah, I hope you do many, many more great shows. Thank you. Uh, and you're very welcome back. Give you a call towards the end of round two, earlier round three, and we'll... Uh, yeah, that sounds good. That yeah. Sounds good. I'll put some together. All righty. Take Cheers. care. I'm going to play yeah, uh, the Jumble style. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. radio. Yeah, you guys would like a lot of it, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, take it easy. All righty. I'm going to play the theme tune and you can all go your merry, merry way. Take care. Letters. Bye. 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 Bye.